Welcome back to the For the Sake of Argument podcast. This is episode number nine. We're following up number eight, which was logical versus logical fallacy. And uh, we're covering some comments that President Biden recently made. There was also a Ninth Circuit Court um, opinion that was rendered recently in the appeals court that was specifically covering issues related to AR-15s. And it kind of comes as a big blow to gun control legislation that has been proposed recently, especially by uh, Biden, Kamala Harris, and many on the left. going to go through a few things with where I personally stand and where Red personally stands on the Second Amendment. And we're going to cover um, a guy that has a YouTube channel called Warrior Poet Society. Some really good information for you there. Do stand by for, uh, for the sake of argument number 10. So, Red, when we took a break, I was still on that subject of Biden's comments. And there's a few other things other than the logical fallacies, in my opinion, that really kind of struck me wrong about his comments. Um, the the first being that he's the first president of the United States I think I've ever seen that has such discontent for the idea of upholding the Constitution. Yeah. I mean, you're talking about somebody who's blatantly going out in well, public and saying that he believes that there should be more. When we're talking about constitutional amendments, especially the first and the second, and he's specifically quoting the Second Amendment in this comment and addressing it in his context of the speech he was giving, he is he is blatantly saying he wants further restrictions on our rights. That is what that is. Like, there's yes. no way around that. I've never heard a, a president so callous about the idea. Obama had some ideology that was leaning that way. He wanted us to consider an, a weapons ban again. He wanted us to consider high-capacity magazines being removed and all that. But this this argument, number one, just took a huge blow recently with California. Yeah. And that should be, uh, if there's anything that should be saying, this is the banner upholding the Constitution at this moment, is the most recent in one of the most liberal courts ever, the Ninth District out of California. We just had a ruling that came out. What had happened? California put a, a weapons ban in place, and it was thirty-two years ago, right? And that weapons ban was specifically covering high-capacity magazines. It was not allowing for pistol forms of an AR-15 platform, uh, and there was further. Actually, I've got. <clears throat> so this is. <laughs> This is from the 94 assault weapons oh, ban. I got to do something. I got to do something. <clears throat> from my formerly nicotine stained hands. <laughs> a little oh, throwback to man. Rush. Anytime I see papers on a desk during a, you know, an audio recording, it's you got to shuffle the papers. You rest, say that. Rest in peace. Rest Rush. in peace, Rush. Yeah. So, gosh, I wish I had some some more whiskey in my my glass would drink to him. <laughs> but uh, anyway, so this is from the 94 assault weapons ban, but the 94 assault weapons ban was written written by Diane Feinstein right from California who also had a hand in writing the the California ban yeah if i'm not mistaken on that but anyway so the uh, the 94 assault weapons ban any of the firearms or company or copies or duplicates of the firearms in any caliber known as Norco or Norinco Mitchell Polytechnologies Automat Kalishnikovs, all models, Action Arms, uh, Israel Military Industries, Uzi and Galil, Beretta AR-70, SC-70, Colt AR-15, Fabrique Nationale, FNFAL, LAR, and FNC, uh, SWD, I don't know that company offhand, M10, M11, M11, slash nine um, and M12, Steyr Aug, Intrac Tech 9, Tech DC 9, and Tech 22, and revolving cylinder shotguns such as or similar to the Street Sweeper and Strike 12. Uh, a semi-automatic rifle that has an ability to accept a detachable magazine and has at least two of the following, a folding or telescoping stock, a pistol grip that protrudes conspicuously beneath the action of the weapon, a bayonet mount, a flash suppressor or threaded barrel, and a grenade launcher. And I'm going to go into some of those features if we've got time, because I would really love to discuss some of those features. Uh, But particularly a grenade launcher, that that was just included to scare people. That was just included to 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 be a some sort of emotional 
uh, I don't think anchor. in the I don't think in the early nineties there was a lot of people strapping on M two hundred threes and grenade, walking around town. So grenade launchers were already now put under the jurisdiction of the NFA when -hmm. they did the expansion in 1968 with the National Firearms Act. So those were already regulated. So this it's complete BS that they're just trying to to make people scared. A semi-automatic pistol that has an ability to accept a detachable magazine and has at least two of the following. An ammunition magazine that attaches to the pistol outside of the pistol grip. A threaded caliber or threaded barrel capable of accepting a barrel extender, flash suppressor, forward grip, or silencer, a shroud that is attached to or partially or completely encircles the barrel and permits the shooter to hold the firearm with the non-trigger hand without being burned. (laughs) Right, right? Oh, man, I'm so going to go into barrel shrouds later. But a manufactured weight of 50 ounces or more when the pistol is unloaded and a semi-automatic version of an automatic firearm (laughs) and a semi-automatic shotgun that has at least two of the following, a folding or telescoping stock, a pistol grip that protrudes conspicuously beneath the action of the weapon, a fixed magazine in excess of five rounds, and an ability to accept a detachable magazine. So that list is painful to listen to. And, and for those of you that don't understand why this could be painful to listen to, if you actually have handled firearms, if you actually dealt with a variety of firearms, not just maybe your grandpa's shotgun, maybe you dabbled with modern sporting rifles, maybe you dabbled with modern pistols, you name it, <clears throat> you would understand that what that is stopping or what that's changing is so irrelevant to the effectiveness of something that it's laughable. Yeah. And the fact that you're removing things that make a weapon safer and more accurate is just beyond like there's the restriction on foregrips there's a restriction on heat shrouds there's a restriction on being able to thread on a it's not a suppressor it's a it's it, it being able to have some any, silent be able you know, to have and it's not a, it's silencer. not a silencer right <laughs> it is but, a suppressor but well, it is, and it's it's silencer by the legal by by the name that was written on the patent but again it's not silencer in function Correct. And, and the point being is just if you've been around firearms, you understand that these things, especially from a tactical stance, they it, you're not doing yourself any favors. You literally that, that shopping list was like a list of, of a lot of European and a lot of imported firearms. Yeah. And it sounds like it was just simply an attack on really good import firearms. Yeah. Number one, a lot of them were being used by militaries overseas, but a lot of them are available to other people, other human beings that are overseas that were now being restricted from us starting in 1994. Yeah. And it's just, to me, it's, it, number one, it's laughable. Number two, we've lifted that assault weapons ban, have we not? Well, it, so it had a... Uh, a sunset. It, yeah, it, it was sunset. Renewed. So that was, it was a 10-year uh, bill, and that was, uh, that relieved in uh, 2004. Mm-hmm. So, and honestly, I would say part of the reason why there's been such a... a such a surgence in the amount of ownership because the AR-15 was introduced in the 1950s. And so from the 1950s all the way up through the 1994, like there, there weren't anywhere near the amount of AR-15s that have been sold since from 2004 here to 2021. So, well, and, and there's a variety of reasons for that. I think when you look at the number of soldiers that we've sent overseas and, and their familiarity with that weapons platform. Oh yeah. And then coming back and trying to use their skills as a soldier to train civilians for like self-defense, that sort of thing. Yeah. Hey, here's a great platform that we use. That's very similar to what we use. It's not fully automatic. And you know, there's, there's some restriction on what you can and can't do with it, but this is a great platform. If you learn how to use this for your hunting, if you learn how to use this for your home defense, if you learn how to use this for your competitions for sport rifle shooting and stuff like that, and people do you'll use be it super, for all of those things. Yeah, and, and you'll be super effective. You'll be more effective, more accurate, more safe. That's another part of this is like it, it, having a firearm in and of itself is not a dangerous thing. The firearm will sit no. there the rest of its life and never, never go off. You can leave a bullet in the chamber and the, and the hammer cocked. It's never going to go off. I there actually, has to, I the, actually saw it. It was, I think it was Instagram. But it might have been Twitter. Anyway, it was it was something where um, it might have been carried over from Twitter. I'm not on Twitter, but the uh, it was actually a guy doing a day by day check in <laughs> where he left an AR-15 yeah. loaded on his coffee table yep. and 
day by day checking in to see if it's killed anybody. Yeah. And, and it's inherently, we, I think people understand that at the root of it, firearms are only as effective as a human being. You put them behind. Yes. I have seen many of people who are not trained, get behind a firearm and be super dangerous with it. And it's what most people can never put on the assault weapons ban as far as a firearm, because it wasn't, it, it would not even, we're talking about a 12 gauge shotgun and watching somebody shoot it and being worried that if they, they can just blow somebody's face off, you know, yeah. like they're just incapable. I mean, we're talking like Dick Cheney levels of incompetence. <laughs> well, it was Dick Cheney's friend, but no, no, Dick no, Cheney was the one who shot. shot. You're, you're yeah. right. You're right. He shot his friend. It wasn't his friend who shot him. Yeah. Sorry. I'm getting that mixed up, <laughs> but just the, the idea that like it, it, we want people to be safe if they're going to use firearms, we want them to yeah. be able to have tools on that fire, things to assist them in being safe, giving somebody a better place to put their hands so they can safely control it while it's going through a cycle of operations is a wonderful thing. Being able to modify the trigger so that you have a clean, a clean, crisp trigger pull so you make a super accurate shot over longer distances makes you a safer hunter. Yeah. You know, being able to. Or a safer defensive user. Correct. Um, being able to be judicious with your decision to shoot or not shoot comes from the training that you have to take. And you can't do that without having a firearm on your hands. It's like, I, I've explained this to people. I'm like, you want to become a really good shooter and you've never fired a firearm before, go buy yourself an, an airsoft gun that functions like the real thing. Okay, so you can buy an AR-15, you can buy the a pistol blowback. or whatever that's got the gas blowback operations, the magazines, you know, cycle in and out. You have a charge handle, you have the safety, you have all the same things you need for the order of arms for any of those. You go through and you get really, really good at shooting airsoft. Why is that important? Trigger control, side alignment, sight picture. You got all those things figured out. You figured out how not to flag people and kill them, right? Like making sure your barrel doesn't cross them. All Absolutely. these things. You can learn all the fundamentals of, of firearm safety and never have to put a firearm in your hands. And then if I do put a firearm in your hands and say, let's go to the range, let's try this out. Now that you've practiced with these things, super safe, super accurate shooters because the gun jumps and you anticipate and you create, you know, you create a problem where you're not accurate by anticipating the shot. And so, you know, yeah, you don't necessarily need the firearm to have good training and those sorts of things, but you need to get to a level of proficiency with an actual firearm with bolts going down range so that you're safe enough to be around other people. So there's Period. a, uh, there's a firearms gear company called T-Rex arms. They started off making holsters. They made I was going to bring up other stuff. I was going to bring now. Lucas up earlier in the conversation. <laughs> so yeah, so Lucas, um, he's one of the, the media faces of T-Rex arms well, and he's one of the founders. Right, right. Um, anyway, so he, they actually did a video where they brought over a guy from Japan was an airsoft shooter in Japan and they brought him over and they were trying to, why was he an airsoft shooter in Japan? Because firearms are illegal in Japan. Oh, that's why. Okay. <laughs> so he brought over, they, they brought him over and it was one of his dreams was to come out and to, to be able to shoot actual guns, but they were able to take him and give him some very, very bare minimum uh, instruction and have him shooting a lot. And a lot of he times he was, was shooting better that he was shooting better than the other guys who had shot years of their lives because of how much this guy did training with the airsoft guns. Mm -hmm. And they just had to, to, okay, well, so this is the difference in, in the trigger on, on these real firearms versus the airsoft gun. And then and the actual blowback, the right, recoil, a few things like that. But it was <clears throat> as far as, you know, him doing side alignment, him not anticipating the, you know, that the trigger pull, like everything, all of those basic fundamentals that frankly, all of us really need to work on. Absolutely. It was something that he, because he did that airsoft all the time, he was so good on his fundamentals that it was just those minor adaptations of going to a live weapon versus the, the training airsoft gun that he'd been using. Using, yeah. that now now he was out shooting I, I think he actually out shooting like all, all of them it might have been including it, Lucas on a several yeah, drills right I think they were it might have been most of them but I, I th it was they're doing target acquisition drills where basically you go from the draw he'd engage two rounds into a target transition to a secondary target and transition back to the original target. So you do two shots in the first one, two shots in the second one, and then back to the first one, two shots. And he beat Lucas on that by almost a full second. Yeah. And, and accurate too. This was not like these bulls were flying all over and just slinging lead down range. And the point I'm trying to get to is that like these weapons are out there. They're going to be used. And a lot of times I've seen this from, especially being in law enforcement, I'm like, dude, there's a lot of better civilian shooters out there than there are law enforcement. Oh yeah. A lot of people that take more time to learn how to run those weapon systems and be really safe with and them. do continuous training. Yeah. And why would we not want people to be safer? Right? Like again, that brings it into this whole category of sport, which a lot of people do not want to recognize 
that an AR-15, a, a Glock 19, a, you know, you name whatever thing you see a, a guy in the military carrying, they have a legitimate purpose for sportster stuff that for like just going out and being competitive, having a good time with your friends, doing a safe activity, doing something that requires skill, requires time and energy. It's just like rolling a jujitsu. It's just like doing any other significantly consuming activity. Why would you not be allowed to do that? It just doesn't make sense to me why like, well, for the safety of others, well, for the safety of others, like we talked about in the first part of the podcast for the safety of others is me carrying that. Yeah. I become the safety for others. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, my farm's not coming out until it's time to save someone's life. Mine or someone else's. And my continual training makes me more effective at that makes me more safe and makes it less likely that something bad's going to happen in the employment of that firearm. And this kind of goes into the next part, which is if you want to enjoy a right, you better use it. That's why we're sitting down doing our first amendment stuff right now. Yeah. That's why we've been doing it from the get go. It's like, we've got to have a voice and we got to put, we have to give some, some argument out there to the world to say, Hey, there's another viewpoint on this. We're like, if you came into our, our normal lives, red's life and Abram's lives, man, I'm telling you they're boring as the day is long. Like every other person out there is dealing with the, you know, it's very mundane until we get in front of the microphone, we get to have some fun until we get out to the range and get to have some fun until we're working on a project, you know, and, and to act like, you know, like it's all that we are, what's all you're hearing. But there's a whole lot of normal to us. Oh, and, yeah. And I heard and that's this. anybody. Yeah. Well, I was listening to Megan Kelly's podcast, and she was talking about leaving for Memorial Day weekend and going down to Texas. And that's like a thing they do every year. And she's like, it was so refreshing coming out of her liberal bubble in New York City and seeing how life is being lived outside of that. And she's like, oh, my goodness. The rest of the nation is just functioning fine. Everything is normal. There's a guy on Twitter that started getting passed around. He he put on there. He lives in you know he born and raised in a liberal city. He's very liberal himself, and he ended up going up to Montana or something like that. And he was just baffled. He goes, guys. They live like 99% of their lives are identical to ours. They just don't have the same stress that we do, and they're not worried about the same problems we do. Well, so many people, especially because of COVID, mm -hmm. they're moving out of the cities. Yeah. I mean, we, we just saw um, the census was taken last year, and this is pre-COVID. Because they were taking census numbers at the beginning of COVID. Absolutely. Before, the and moves. <laughs> before all of that, they found places like New York and California had lost enough people that both of them have now lost a seat in, in the House of Representatives. That's a beautiful problem. Texas and, and Florida have both picked up a seat. I think Texas picked up two. Yeah. And that was before COVID. Yeah. I really wish that we would have done the census this year, post-COVID, because I, I, I guarantee you that it would have been multiple seats lost <laughs> and multiple seats picked up by more conservative, more freely-based states. And it'll be interesting to see how it plays out because I don't know for sure if it's only based off the 10 year census. Because I know that there's redrawing of boundaries that occur outside of the census for sure that happen that, like that state only runs. That only and, pertains to voting. That only pertains to how how those those seats are are elected. The districts that's a redrawing of the districts. Right. To versus to, the actual seats allocated. I right. Okay. The seats allocated is purely from the census. Gotcha. So, I mean, yeah, by 2030, it'll be really interesting to see where the country is because I know a lot of concerns when you hear, when you listen to guys that are living down in, you know, Texas now in Austin, Texas, it's becoming Mecca for the, the tech industry. You know, Elon Musk is moving out there. Um, well, Elon Musk is actually moving south, like closer to the border. He's trying to create yeah. his own town called Starship Texas. Well, he's, he's in, so he's building a gigafactory right now that's in Austin, Texas. And so he's been living there. Okay. So that's, get, that's for Tesla then. Yes. Okay. Cause yeah, he's yeah, trying cause to get SpaceX Boca Chica down. Yeah, he's trying to turn Boca Chica into its own city. And then he's not necessarily, I haven't heard that he's trying to move to Boca Chica necessarily, but he is in Austin right now. Well, no, but they're they're doing, SpaceX is doing stuff down there in right. Texas. Well, they, they bought basically the entire city of Boca Chica and there's a few houses that are left and they're trying to work. They're still negotiating like four times the market price for the houses and people are holding out. And, you know, I get yeah. it. It's a game. You want Tesla to pay up. You want SpaceX to pay up. I get well, it. and some of it's like, uh, there are a lot of people who moved down there to that mm -hmm. area because it was very inexpensive. Right. And so trying to find a similar house in a similar area, even though they're being offered a lot of money, Four like times four, the amount. Right. For what that the market value is down there. But then you've got to take that and you've got to use that to then apply it to a, a different location to buy a new house. Well, let's be fair. And go through the process of actually going through the move and everything like that. I, I pulled and up an article. Not exactly. A, a, I pulled up an article. The to buyer's get market in the real estate area. I understand. Sorry, go ahead. But I pulled up the I pulled up the Brownsville average you know, house price, which is the nearest major city to Boca Chica's Brownsville, Texas. 
And they, the offer, the minimum offer that I saw on just one of the houses, which was one of the smaller ones, there's only like six total. And they've got many of the, many of them are public as far as what they're offering right now was three times the market mean or the market average for Brownsville, Texas. So I think they're still being very fair. <laughs> they're, they're basically saying, we get it. We get it. We're just placing you. Maybe you want to retire here, but can we do something like they've offered to pick their houses up and move them for them? They've offered all sorts of things to make it amenable. And you know, Hey, I get it. They're going to hold out until they feel like they finally got a good enough deal. So or they just, they're, they're stubborn and they don't want to yeah. All power to him. Welcome to America. So if you <laughs> respect to, uh, him. Yeah, absolutely. So there's, um, if you go to uh, 30 Rockefeller Center in yeah. New York, so there were two corners there at 30 Rock that I don't know if the, the buildings still exist, but I know that there were, there were two buildings there on, on either corner and of, of the block. And one of them was a bar mm-hmm. and the other one, I don't remember whether it was a residence or a business, but it was somebody somebody else owned it and uh rockefeller was trying to offer them crap loads of money to move and so he could take up the entire block with that with his building right and one of them i don't remember which but one of them was just holding out for more money and the other one was like no my family has been here running this business holding out on principle yeah i'm holding out on principle didn't want to move didn't matter what the money was this was my place this is where my family has been this is where like i i've lived my life i'm not going anywhere right and so well rockefeller wound up at getting to some point where he's like screw it just build around him (laughs) and so the guy who was holding out for more money lost out because he was just trying to 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 bleed him dry oh rockefeller's got tons of money and rockefeller just eventually lost patience and the other guy got to keep his business Mm mm-hmm and he got to stay where he was. So yeah, there, there are people out there who are just like, it, the money doesn't matter. And I completely get that. Absolutely. I, I mean, I got no problem with it. I think it's cool what SpaceX is doing. I think it's great that we've got Starbase getting built down there and that we're going to have, you know, regular orbital. You know, That's flights. what it was. Starbase, not Starship. Yeah, Starbase. Sorry. Starship's the actual, the craft. Starbase is the actual location. So. Right. Well, I thought that they were naming the town Starship, but no, it's, <laughs> you're right. It's Starbase. Um, okay. So we got sidetracked a little bit and I, I'm, I'm never going to complain about that because our sidetracks are fun. So, but going back, so like, I'm just going to read through like the comments that I made real quick, uh, just three little other points. And then I want to hear your, your, your view on how I took his comments. So I said with the president of the United States showing this level of discontent with his sworn duties to uphold the constitutional rights and that he sees gun owners as potential traders just by exercising their lawful rights tells me that maybe we, the people need to be concerned that we are being targeted by our government and that the government thinks that it's bigger, stronger than the people and that its commander in chief is not afraid to openly discuss violations of the constitution. I agree with that 100%. And the thing is, is that that's, I get so frustrated at people who I agree or I I support the second amendment, but there's no, but the only, but that I will accept is I support the second amendment, but I don't believe that we should have chemical, biological or nuclear weapons. (laughs) And, And we were having a little bit of discussion with this before, but I'm, I'm very big on intellectual consistency and I will stand here and say, I don't, I don't want people like to have chemical, biological or nuclear weapons. I think that those are, first of all, they're the, the, they're, they're absolutely going to have collateral damage. They're detrimental like to it. society in, right. in general. And they're detrimental to the, the, the environment, the, not the environment saying like environmentalism, but the environment is in just the areas that we live and we, we are here and we plan to stay here. So why would we want to do something that would make areas uninhabitable or unlivable or have a a gross effect to our cities, our country as a whole? Um, But at the same time, all of that being said, I will stand behind the fact that the, the Second Amendment says arms, arms meaning any weapon of offense or armor of defense. So it does protect those as much as I don't want them to. It it does. And I would be, Stephen Crowder talks about a deal I would take tomorrow. A deal I would take tomorrow. If we were to put forth a constitutional amendment that said no civilians can have ownership of chemical, nuclear, or biological weapons, but everything else is fair game. I would absolutely, 100%, 
would would support that, would go out and march for it. Any sort of, of thing I've got to do to get that passed, I would do it. So it's not that you're against restriction. But no. Well, so <laughs> well, I think this reminds me of that meme I sent the other day. Is four a lot? Uh, depends on the context. Are we talking about guns? No, four is not a lot. Are we talking about gun laws? Yeah, four is a lot. Yeah. <laughs> and there are thousands of gun laws between, there are. between federal and local gun laws. There are tens of thousands of gun laws out there. And and the fact is, a lot of them aren't even enforced. Uh, I, I, we, we might go into this a little bit later. We might have to do this another time. But right now, they were just proposed, uh, the ATF just proposed a, a rule change on um, braces mm-hmm. for for uh, essentially like AR pistols and other um, semiotic, semi-automatic pistols um, that are... A, <laughs> like a rifle variant kind of thing. Meaning, yeah. well, and, uh, how do we explain this? Technically, most pistols are rifles. They yeah. have a rifled, they barrel, have rifled barrels, but they're a pistol in the sense that they're able to be operated by one hand. And, uh, okay. Yeah. I'm glad you brought stretch. that up. So this is, this is another <laughs> thing that I have is, is a lot of these, um, a lot of these legal documents and legal cases saying designed to be fired with one hand. Well, you know what? Almost the, all firearms can be fired by one hand, but not, not that aside. Most pistols, modern pistols are not intended to be fired with one hand. Correct. My, like my, my SIG pistol that I used in my competitions that was not intended to be fired with one hand. I I've did fire with one hand at the CMP marksmanship competitions mm-hmm. because that's it's how a good they skill set to how, learn. Well, no, that's that's how those are fired. Mm-hmm. That is the process of firing in those competitions. But I take that out and I do an action course where I'm moving around. I'm not firing with one hand. I've got both hands on that gun. Mm-hmm. The only time that I actually fire a gun with one hand is if I am training for remedial. Like I, I have an injured arm or something or I, an injured leg and I'm keeping my, my hand, keep pressure on that, that wound. Or I'm dragging something a buddy out of a bad right, situation. Something where I cannot use that other arm. Right. You train to be able to use that pistol one-handed. Otherwise, no, I always have that support hand on the pistol to keep it more stable, to keep myself on target, to be able to regain target after, for follow-up shots. I always have a second hand on there. <laughs> so the idea of not designed or to be used with one hand, well, you know, no, no. That, that is a stupid argument. Agreed. So people used to carry six shooters, one in each hand. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> and, but the thing is, is that you look at, go back and look in, at World War One and World War II training videos on how to use the M1911. Mm-hmm. It's awful. It's absolutely awful. As far as our modern well, interpretation. As, right. No, as far as going back and looking at modern usage of, of handguns, and we are so much more accurate with them. We have so much more control over them for follow-up shots and things because we just, we understand the ergonomics better. Right. We understand how the human body well, works better. And we understand gunfights better. We do. We <laughs> have a much better understanding of that. So it, it adapts. It adapts the way that we use them. So yeah, no, modern handguns aren't intended to be fired with one hand. So going back to when we were talking about the 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 NFA, right, and and basically what they're trying to do is interpret now what we're considering to be a pistol versus you know a rifle, and we were just talking about like you know the fact that it's supposed to be held by one hand. We we get it. Obviously, not all things can be held by one hand, and and I think what I was trying to do is demonstrate that like that an AR pistol, the reason why we call it an AR pistol and even give it that qualification is the sense that it started as a rifle platform, but the barrel length and the usage and, and the size of it puts it into the category of a pistol. Well, and, so and the fact that it's not using a stock. Correct. It, it's not, it's not intended intentionally to be shouldered. shouldered. And so, you know, and that's why you're bringing up like these braces, the SB braces and, um, you know, you're talking about like the the forms that they're that the ATF is currently considering for usage to interpret what they're going to say. This is a pistol. This isn't, or this is a short barrel rifle. So the an SBR to try to just make this as simple as I can for people. You have a rifle. A rifle is anything that is 16 inches long or longer with a fixed two inch suppressor on it. Whatever you, as long as it measures out by the end of that barrel to be 16 and a half or just 16. No, it's 16. 16. Any, as long as the barrel itself, like the, right, like the actual physical barrel, right. And so the, the bullet travels. You through. can have you can have something pinned and welded on mm-hmm. there, as long as it's not something that can easily be like disassembled, taken right. down to lower than 16 inches. 
inches, 16 inches is the minimum for mm-hmm. the barrel. Then the next size down from that is what we call SBR, a right. short barreled rifle. This is a rifle that is meant to be put on your shoulder and fired like you would see in the military, being fired from the shoulder, looking down the sights, and that's its primary function, but that its barrel length is below 16 inches, period. Yeah. That's it's just that simple. And then an SBR is is considered to be an NFA item, meaning that you have to get a two hundred and fifty dollar tax stamp or two hundred dollar tax two hundred dollar tax stamp. I always get it. I always think two fifty. I don't know why, but two hundred dollar tax stamp probably because I haven't gotten an SBR. Um, <laughs> but uh, but that's uh, but you, you pay the tax stamp and they basically regulate whether or not you get to have it based off of your background checks. They're a little more scrutinous on those things, and you have to maintain that item. You're if you have a sale of it, you have to notify them. There's it's it's a controlled item at that point. Yes, it is. They have to know everything that happens with it. So. Well, they have to, they have to know if it changes ownership. That's there I mean. are, there are certain, it's not like if you've got like an SOT that we talked a little bit about right. um, before, but it, it's not as heavily regulated as that. You own it, you keep it where you want to, whatever. They know that you have it. And if you get rid of it, you have to let them know that you got rid of it. You'll always be responsible for it <laughs> right. until you're selling it and let, notify them. But I can take it out to the range whenever I want, do whatever I right, want with right. it. It's not illegal um, to possess or have or anything. Now there are certain... There are certain states that have certain regulations, certain issues. Um, you have to notify them if you're crossing state lines or get permission right. to cross state lines. So there, there's a whole another big fiasco with that. And then a size down from the so we went rifle. SBR short barreled rifle and then pistol pistol length is, is what is considered to be anything less than 16 inches. Number one, but number two doesn't have a stock on it that is built or intended for use as a shouldered firearm. Right. So what they came up with is the idea of using a pistol brace, which is instead of the, the way the AR 15 is designed at the end of the, rifle where you would normally put it up to your shoulder is what they call a buffer tube and it's literally just a metal tube and that's super uncomfortable and it's it's within the stock that allows for absorption of recoil typically and it's within the stock with a pistol right you don't have a pistol it's not within the stock but like just looking at it from a traditional standpoint of of a rifle it's within the stock it allows for the absorption of recoil and allows for the cycling of the gun correct it's a a part and function of the bolt carrier group cycling the bullet in and out so, um, so these, uh, these braces essentially allow you to wrap a Velcro strap around your forearm and hold the pistol with one hand because they're heavy. And there, there are these, different braces. Some of them are just meant to be pushed up against your forearm. They're like right. a, like a blade that just pushes up against your forearm. Um, but yeah, there's yeah essentially the like idea behind it is just around. it has to be obvious that it's not for the purpose of putting it to your shoulder and using and getting away with not having an SBR tag. That's right. really and, what they're concerned with, and which is BS to begin with because civilians should be able to have SBRs, but which they that's, are. That's they shouldn't have to pay NFA stamp. Yes, I completely agree with that, and. Actually, uh, Roger Marshall, who is now the senator of Kansas at the time, he was the um, he was one of the representatives of Kansas. Mm-hmm. Um, but he actually put forth in 2019 a uh, bill that would have been that would have removed SBRs from the NFA. It was the Home Defense and Competitive Shooting Act of uh, 2019. And his original his argument was, first of all, like we talked about this on the RNFA podcast, short barreled rifles weren't included in the original language of the NFA. They were added throughout the deliberation process. Correct. And then they were also shortened afterwards over the years. They were, there was originally when the NFA passed, the minimum barrel length was 18 inches. And then that was shortened for rimfire rifles down to 16. And then later by like 1960, it was shortened for centerfire rifles. So, but, uh, what, Roger Marshall was arguing, Senator Roger Marshall was arguing, was that common use of uh, short barreled rifles are commonly used for hunting, personal defense, and competitive shooting, which is all true. And the fact of the matter is, is that if I'm in a, in a home invasion kind of, of a situation, the idea of having a stock on the rifle is that you make it more stable. You have another point of contact. So we're talking about one-handed pistol shooting. So one-handed pistol shooting, you have one point of contact, that one, that primary firing hand, that is the only point of contact on that gun. So one of the reasons why we have a second hand on there, why most of us fire with a second hand is to add a secondary point of contact for increased stabilization. You put that hand up onto the side, or if you're really inexperienced, you put it, you use a teacup grip, (laughs) which is just dumb. It's, It's silly. Yeah. It's, I understand people doing it like back with, with revolvers back in the day, but it's really, it's no it's, modern it's, firearms. No, and no, it's, it's bad, but 
the thing is, so that adds a second point of contact. Now with a rifle, you've got a stock that has a third point of contact. So you now put that into your shoulder. You now you're able to pull that into your shoulder and you've got three points of contact on your body to keep that stable, to give you a more accurate uh, shot, which if I'm in a home defense situation, I've got somebody breaking into my house. I want to be as accurate as possible because who knows where my kids are going to be during that time. Like I'm, I, I would know where my kids are at that time, hopefully, but I don't know like beforehand where they're going to be when somebody breaks into the house. I don't want an errant shot to go through and hit my kid. And that's one of your responsibilities as a fire, as using a firearm is to know your target and what's beyond it. Which but, criminals don't care. No, criminals don't care. Good, good people do. Good people do is right. So I want to be able to be as accurate as possible with that. So. And then having a short-barreled rifle in the house means that I'm more maneuverable within the house because I don't have this really long barrel sticking off at the end of my firearm that I've got to then maneuver around if somebody's there and I'm involved in, in like either looking for the person or trying to get out of my room and down the hall or whatever to wherever I'm hearing the noise. Anyway, the, it's just there, there are a lot of great reasons why short-barreled rifles are good in enclosed areas. That's the whole reason why our military uses them going out and clearing out buildings. If they're in urban environments, they would prefer to have something that's more maneuverable because especially when you're wearing tactical gear, so you're wearing body armor, you're wearing extra, you're basically wearing your life on you and you're trying to, you know, hey, be ready for war. You're carrying a lot of extra stuff. Absolutely. And having a firearm that's, you know, again, 16 inches or longer as, as a barrel length and, and that sort of thing becomes very difficult to get through doorways and turn. Yeah. And so now the reason why the braces were, were invented and there, I've, I've heard a couple of interviews with the guy who developed the brace. He was working for six hour at the time and now he runs his own company. I believe he runs uh, SB tactical. Okay. Um, but I've, there's an interview uh, that was recently posted between him and Coley and Noir. Um, I've heard one with him um, and uh, John Patton, who runs the gun collective, which is another YouTube channel. Um, but essentially he had a friend who was a military veteran who was disabled. He had some sort of injury that happened and he wasn't able to hold, um, an AR pistol. What the way that it was traditionally held traditionally, it has a, a buffer tube that has like a, a foam Sloth. rubber. Yeah. It has a foam rubber uh, wrap around it and you hold it up to your cheek and you use your cheek to get that third point of contact, um, to try to try to stabilize it as you're firing. Um, and so he wasn't really able to do that because, you know, he had, he had some, some sort of injury that was preventing him and he wasn't able to fully hold it out. Just long, old long arm, straight arm, right? Straight arm. Thank you. Uh, one handed and, and fire it that way because it was too heavy for him to hold with his wrist. So the guy developed this this brace that used a, a strap to wrap around his arm in order to be able to hold the pistol up so that he could fire it. Mm -hmm. And that's, it took off from there. All it, it's about adding another point of contact so that you can better hold the gun. So you can better aim the gun. You're in more control of the firearm. Mm -hmm. Well, there are people that have then gone out and gotten these braces and then use them to shoulder, use them as a stock. And that's not what they're designed for. And they're really not a great stock. A stock is like, is rigid by nature. You know, right. you want to be able to have that, that solid base. These are squishy rubber. Well, <laughs> yeah, these, these are, they're, they're rubber. They're, they will bend. They they, there's a lot of give. give. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's not a stable shooting platform. It can be used as, as a shooting platform, but you know, there are a lot of things you can do that are not necessarily the best idea. Mm -hmm. So the, the thing is now that you know, there are some people who have put those on there and they are using the firearms that way. And the, the ATF is wanting to come after people for it. Now they're saying they've given all out this list. Well, not just people. They're specifically trying to go after the companies first. Well, they are trying to go after the companies and they're, they're, uh, they're going after people who are using it like this. They came out with this list. That's frankly got a bunch of arbitrary, uh, rules that makes all of a checklist, a whole bunch of arbitrary uh, attributes that when put together on this checklist is um, their way of saying like, Hey, this, this is qualifies as an NFA item right. versus not. Right. And I mean, honestly, so uh, talk, speaking of John Patton, John Patton was uh, looking at or was talking about how there is a Smith and Wesson pistol that from the factory, it's, it's a 
it's a revolver. There is no stock. There is no brace. There is no nothing. This is a revolver. The typical way you think of a revolver. But it came stock from the factory. had an option for coming with a compensator, which a compensator, for those of you who don't know, is a way of redirecting the gases out of the barrel in a way that helps to Counter mitigate the, recoil. Well, no, not recoil. Sometimes I guess sometimes it can kind of take some recoil. Its main purpose is to control the barrel rise and fall. So you can control your follow-up shot, really, is what it's for. So anyway, this uh, so it came with a, with a compensator. also came with a scope and a bipod. Now, I have the... Um, I have the checklist here and the checklist states that if you have anything that goes uh, a score of four points or more, it gives points based off of the attributes and a score of four points or more would constitute as a short barreled rifle. Well, the presence of a bipod or monopod is two points. (laughs) The presence of a of a sight scope with eye relief incompatible with one handed fire, meaning they've got to be up close is four points automatically. Oh, I don't know what the eye relief was on this scope, but let's say that it was, uh, let's say that it had uh, minimal eye relief, limited eye relief. And that's on here. Presence of a reflex site with, oh no, that's... Reflex site would be a whole different... Reflex would be different. I just saw limited eye relief on there. But... Yeah, so I'm not seeing it. But it scores out like immediately. Yeah, it scores out immediately. It would constitute uh, under this as a short-barreled rifle. And nobody would look at this and say, that's a rifle. (laughs) I can understand how some people would look at some of these these braces and think that they're stocks Mm -hmm. and say, look at it and say, oh yeah, that's that's a rifle. That's a short-barreled rifle. But nobody would look at this and think that it was anything other than a handgun that somebody put a bipod and a scope on for some reason. For goofy reasons. Right. But And (laughs) one of the other things that's on here, the thing that I find most egregious Regis is that it, it it basically says on here that the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms and Explosives reserves the right to preclude classification as a pistol with a stabilizing brace for any firearm that achieves uh, that achieves an apparently qualifying score, but is an attempt to make a short-barreled rifle and circumvent the Gun Control Act or the National Firearms Act. So essentially, they're saying, "Hey, we came up with this rule. This will be the but, rough guess, but then it's ultimately our decision." But yeah, well, no, and yeah, it's saying that you ultimately you could follow all these rules, and we can still say screw you. And that's just wrong. There's there's no world where it's right for them to say, "Here are our rules," but we can break our rules just because we don't like you because we don't like what you're doing. Right. Which means it's not a standard. It just means it's arbitrary. If it's arbitrary, it's not enforceable. So they're painting themselves in the corner. If they go with that, the other part. So when we started down this, this route before we got into this list of things with the, (laughs) these restrictions they want to put as far as what's SBR or not, this started with the conversation about California and the big blow that their law took. Right. Sorry. We got, we went way off. on. Oh, it's okay. It's okay. Cause this was the stuff we wanted to hit anyways, but going back to what happened with California, the ninth district court came, out and said basically they were trying to ban it was similar to the 94 weapons ban but it was a little more specific as far as like ar-15s period were just banned if you had an ar platform not just anything were specifically banned there was actually there was a they made a list of acceptable firearms right and anything that wasn't on that list was unacceptable right so you could have so the uh glock glock was available at the time they were using a gen 3 glock now glock later came out with a gen 4 Gen 4 was not acceptable in California. You couldn't have it because it was not on the list. Because it was like an act of legislation to get a Glock 4 on there. <laughs> right. A, a Gen 4 Glock would have to have been added through legislation in order to, to be added to that list. And nothing was ever added to that list, not no. to the best of my knowledge. And so you you actually have Glock still manufacturing and selling Gen 3 Glocks because they're That's the only California. ones that's allowed in California. Yeah. And... I mean, it's perfectly fine for them to still sell parts and stuff for it because people own it. Mm-hmm. But to sell the entire firearm when there's a more up-to-date version, there's now a Glock Gen 5 out there. And the Gen 5 has actually kind of gone through two generations. That's <laughs> Anyway, that's a whole other can of worms. But yes. Um, <laughs> anyway, so I love firearms. I'm always going to be a nerd about that. Mm-hmm. But you love other things. I, I've heard you and Grizzly talk about cars and I all kinds the, of stuff. I so. go off the deep end on a lot of stuff. <laughs> right. So anyway, the, the thing is that, yeah, they had all of those, the list of tons of firearms that they mm-hmm. allowed and then other ones were not allowed and for very, uh, only because they weren't included on the list and they would not add. And so things that were essentially exactly the same as far as function 
you couldn't have in California. So what you have now is you have a district court, which is at a federal level, and it's not the federal appeals court, but it is a district, it is a federal court that had a ruling by, from what all I can see is a liberal judge who struck the ban down and said that this flies directly in the face of the Second Amendment and specifically quoted Second Amendment saying this is infringing their ability to own a firearm, period. And yes. you, these are not some sort of special weapon of war that is only available in war. These are common modern day sporting rifles. It is the most popular rifle in America. Yes. And that, that particular rifle, having a particular ban on AR-15s and having this weapons ban in place that California had in place was unconstitutional definitionally. Period. That was the end of statement. And then it went on to say all officials and anyone that's in the involved in the enforcement of this is immediately suspend operations, period. No. It yes, it did. No. It, it gave a stay until July 4th. So on Independence Day. No, it told them to stop enforcing. And then it said on, on 4th of July, it is, it, it's a null and void law. It disappears. It's into the ether. <laughs> So that wasn't my understanding. My understanding was that there was a stay of execution put so that they could, they, we did essentially didn't have like another freedom week, which freedom week is essentially with this exact same judge. Uh, I want to say it was last year. It might've been 2019, but basically he said that a uh, ban on high capacity magazines was unconstitutional. And so Californians were then able to buy um, 30 round, 40 round, and however many other round magazines that they wanted for their different weapons. And then after that week, there was an appeal and they got to stay on on that order so that they could then still enforce the magazine ban until it went up to a higher court. Mm -hmm. So my understanding was that this there was a similar stay that he actually allowed for a stay. He didn't uh, make somebody else enforce it so that the attorney general could then present this to, to make an appeal on this ruling for that would be uh, essentially the uh, stay would expire on the independence day on the 4th of July. So this is from CNN. A federal judge overturned California's longtime ban on assault weapons Friday in a ruling that likened the AR-15 to a Swiss Army knife. Yes. Literally. Assault weapons have And that's been, one of the things that they've been most pissed off about. Yeah. Because it just... It, it This changed the landscape for the ATF doing what they're doing. And that's why we were talking about the uh, SBR stuff just now is because they released this and then weeks later, <laughs> we get this lift on the ban in California. So here's a little... Here's the background. There's just a few sentences from the article here from CNN. It says, Assault weapons have been ban in California since 1989. According to the ruling, the law has been updated several times since it was originally passed. According to the ruling by U.S. District Judge Roger Benitez of San Diego. San Diego. San Diego. <laughs> San Diego. Some hold that uh, it means a whale's vagina. <laughs> no, I don't think that's accurate, Ron. I think it means St. Diego. <laughs> no, that can't be right. Well, agree to disagree. <laughs> oh, I love that movie. I need to watch it again. It's a very quotable movie. It is. The assault weapons ban violates the Second Amendment's uh, right to bear arms and deprives Californians from owning assault-style weapons commonly allowed in other states. Benitez issued a permanent injunction Friday, so the law cannot be enforced. It was a permanent injunction on the law. But I thought there was a stay of execution on that on that order. I'm, I'm telling you for everything I read from it. So take, can, I'm continue. Gonna continue. <laughs> like the Swiss Army knife, the popular AR-15 rifle is a perfect combination of home defense weapon and homeland defense equipment, Benitez said in the ruling. Firearms deemed as a... I think it's more suited for that than a Swiss Army knife is. I agree with but you. But I think he means about the utility. Of yes. It, so. <laughs> uh, Benitez said in the ruling, firearms deemed as assault weapons are fairly ordinary, popular, and modern rifles. Very much so. In his ruling, the judge also criticized the news media writing... One is to be forgiven if one is persuaded by news media and others that the nation is awash with murderous AR-15 assault rifles. The facts, however, do not support this hyperbole, and facts matter. Like this was a this was excruciating for CNN to have to publish this, yeah, because they have been beating this drum for years. Yeah, the, the AR-15s are just the bane of existence, and when they had their opportunity with Lakeland shooting, boy, they just Parkland. They have been, Parkland. I'm sorry, they've been running with that ever since. Um, um, according to 2019 FBI stats, a handgun was the most commonly used weapon in murders uh, and, account, and accounted for 6,300 victims in 2019. Knives or any cutting instrument accounted for 1,400. Uh, rifles accounted for 364. Oh, so are they, are they still... 
quoting Benitez there, or is CNN freely operate, no, C- offering C- that information? CNN freely offered this FBI wow. stat from 2019. This is why I'm like, something is happening. And that's... They're and distancing to, themselves to be clear, from it. To be clear, <laughs> that number is all rifles. Yes, that is all rifles. Not, not, AR-15. not specifically AR-15s. No, that's that your includes, grandpa's hunting rifles. Yes, exactly. <laughs> uh, still, an AR-15 rifle has been a weapon of choice for most violent mass killings in the history of the United States, including Aurora, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, for... They, Wait, for most violent mass killings or for the most violent mass killings? Has been the weapon of choice for the most violent mass killings okay. in modern history. I would I would agree with that. The ones with the highest body counts. Can we but, talk about wounded knee? <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> we, we should at some point. The, we uh, like we I'm need laughing. to talk about wounded knee. The reason I'm laughing is because we're talking about mass killings and we're talking about government. And that's just like the perfect parlay into yeah. mass killings by well, government. The, no, well, not just not related to AR-15s. There, there has been no mass killing in American history that has been more deadly than wounded knee. Yeah. The American government killing the crime. Yeah, killing people while trying to disarm them. Yep. We sh- we should we should talk about wounded knee, but not not right now. But we'll we'll, we'll go into that in another podcast. Yeah. And then he went on, it went on and said he was also one like you had mentioned that he um, got rid of the ban on high capacity magazines, saying it was unconstitutional. Um, and then he also struck down the state's restriction on remote purchases of gun ammunition because they were trying to say like, hey, you got to buy in state, you got to buy at the store, you couldn't do online sales of ammunition. He's like, that's just completely ridiculous. That is not <laughs> that's not fair. Um, California, of course, pledges to re- appeal the ruling and i think you're going to see the same thing upheld in the in the federal court of appeals because i don't think there's a leg to stand on to say that it's not a violation of the second amendment well it's a restriction on the people here's and the, the right thing. to bear arms i i think because i think that they're going to have the full bench of the ninth district ruling on this one oh. for the appeal so if they do that they probably will strike it down but it very well might go to the supreme court at that point and Gosh, the Supreme Court's actually made some really good calls recently. And I think they're heading in the right direction, honestly. Uh, they, they've they refused to make some calls that I really, really ticked me off. But you like know, the, refusing to hear the cases on like the, um, I don't know if you've been following this issue at all. They've refused to hear cases related to um, uh, transsexual males participating in women's sports in high school. Because the female that was one of the primary, you know, on the case, she graduated high school. And they're like, we don't have a standing in this anymore. She's like, yeah, I do. Because the courts have a special rule that says if your situation is likely to occur again, we're going to hear it anyways, whether or not it affects you or not anymore. So anyways, that's probably going to get overturned. They'll probably hear that. So that there was the the case um, about um, police, illegal police seizures. Right. Uh, There was there were the cases on the election fraud investigations, a whole bunch of stuff that they just did not hear. Fortunately, they did rule unanimously on that case against uh, red flag laws. That was against the uh, illegal search and seizure of firearms. And then they ruled recently, they ruled uh, unanimously. Oh gosh, what was that? I texted to you guys. Now I'm blanking it out. Well, what I'm going through here, so I wanted to give you a little, little high five. Because I'm, I'm still trying to understand how they're saying this. But they're saying the ruling and the, and the injunction are stayed for 30 days, during which time the attorney general may appeal and seek a stay from the court of appeals. So the only way they're going to be able to continue with this is if court of appeals agrees to hear the case within the 30 days. Yeah, so. right. So that's that's what I was saying. Um, oh, the other the other unanimous uh, Supreme Court decision that I agreed with was that illegal immigrants do not have a right to green cards. Right. So, yeah, I, I would love to see them make some more good decisions. But uh, anyway, I'm going to raise a glass to Judge Benitez. Thank High you. five, Judge Benitez. <laughs> Thank you for standing up for freedom. Amen to that. Um, so, yeah, that's that. I mean, these issues keep popping up and it's not just the California ban getting overturned and now headed to the federal appeals court or anything like that. It's just to me, it's this this can this people in politics seem to have this hate hate relationship when it comes to firearms and firearms owners and they are perfectly fine with firearms being in the hands of cops who they want to defund and remove from service but they have 
they, they have no problem with that because they they can control who owns the firearms and how they're being used. They have a problem with just free citizens, human beings here in the United States having well, the ability they, to protect they have themselves. Had, they have, there have been pushes to disarm the police. Yes. Like, so if you're trying to take away firearms from the public and you're trying, trying to take away firearms from the police, the only people that are going to still have firearms are the criminals because they're the people who are not going to obey the laws. They're already proving it by virtue of being criminals. Right. I mean, that's it, just it's such an asinine argument. It drives me nuts that they think that they're, that criminals are going to follow laws. Here's another problem I take with Trump with, no, I was going to say Trump's with Biden's comments about, you know, the F-15 versus, you know, you standing around with your AR, AK-47, AR-47. I should use his terminology. Or, uh, <laughs> so there's a, there's a company, Facts and Firearms, that makes, uh, they kind of made a hybrid version of yeah. uh between ar and uh the ak so it's a long stroke piston that the, the bolt carrier actually looks very similar to an ak okay um but it's they call it the arac 21 <laughs> so like arak yeah. um i don't remember what the 21 comes from but yeah Anyway, sorry. Um, it's okay. But I said, you know, it sounds an awful lot like he's actually playing with the idea of military versus the citizens, right? Yeah. Like, you know, it's like there's supposed to be a separation. Like the you're never supposed to use troops against the people. No. There's a reason why, like, you call them National Guard, but they can't be federalized. It, you can use them for local stuff. But if they get federalized, woo, it's a, it, there's a whole thing about you can't have a standing army against the people. That's precisely why we stood against, you know, <laughs> the, the British the British is to say, no, no, we're our own sovereign country now. So deal with the people, you know, and I, I was talking to you a little bit earlier um, in his address. I believe it was his, his address to Congress that uh, Joe Biden talked about the, the government is the people. We, the people yeah. means the government. And honestly, I, I cannot think I'm not saying I haven't heard one, but I cannot think of a more disgusting thing that a politician has said like publicly it's that's rewriting history i mean that that's not what history was at all no we the people create the government right and of, control government of the people mm-hmm. for the people and by the people not above that, the people right and not not being the people mm-hmm. like it is is of the people so people come from from that the body of the people and become the government and the government is there for the people and they are by the people meaning that they are they they serve at the will of the people yeah that the people are the ones that that grant them that power to rule so you oh my gosh there's there's just so much that frustrates me about it i'm trying to keep myself from well, going off on a swearing tirade back on his <laughs> His comment about what's going on with this F-15 versus you and your AK-47. My last point to make on that issue, I guess we as gun owners and supporters of the Second Amendment are the problem and not his son, Hunter, who lied on background checks about his drug usage to obtain firearms. Yeah. Let's not investigate that crime, but let's make it illegal for you and me and every other person that's never broken the law and been arrested and convicted of a of a felony let's let's make them felons overnight by banning particular firearms that they have and saying that they're supposed to be nfa regulated firearms or that we shouldn't have access to them period by an all weapons ban or any of this stuff well and going back to what we discussed on the national firearms podcast firearms act podcast even then so then the the attorney general who was pushing the passage of the national firearms act really hardcore even he would freely admit we have no ability to ban people from having certain firearms that is completely unconstitutional yeah so we've gone completely off of the deep end here with our ideas of of what the government can and can't do and they've gone off the deep end yeah well we've we've allowed for a lot of these things i honestly i think that there are going to be more standoffs like what we saw with with the Bundys and with the Bureau of Land Management. I think there are going to be more of those. And I pray that they end just as peacefully because I I really, I don't want to see there be a second civil war or a second American revolution. I, I don't want that to happen. I want everything to be peaceful. I want people to have their freedoms and not be under totalitarian rule. Uh, but well, it's, it's dangerous for us to be having, th- this is why <clears throat> it bothers me so much. A lot of what we heard throughout the Trump administration was how his rhetoric was, was causing problems 
Just the words he would say would cause such consternation, and it was it was hurting our standing in the world and all this and that. Yeah, it's funny I'm, how they don't turn that glass inward. I, I'm fine with that because I think Trump did say a lot of things that did incite a lot of issues. Right, but that's my my point is, is that <clears throat> they were too, and they right. are too, and we're at this at this crux right now where openly talking about violating your constitutional you know, sworn duty as the president of the United States and talking about subverting the second amendment in order to, to, uh, you know, obtain your ends. Like his whole platform while he was running was, you know, we're going to ban stuff. Like it, it, he wasn't real specific, but he wanted to ban firearms. Bingo. Of some you're right. Sort. If you're ta- talking about an AR 15, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, he was, he, it was very clear that that's what Biden was running on. And he's so openly and willingly talking about dis- dislodging our second amendment. And we were talking about Word poet society, which is a really, really good YouTube channel. Channel. Um, they both, actually have their own net, their own streaming network now, right? Subscription-based streaming network. Not just for if you're into firearms, but also if you're into prepping, if you're into you know everyday carry, if you're into just Mar- being a they've smart- got martial arts, they've got stuff on mm-hmm. uh, first aid and, and trauma care. We talked about that in that podcast with Rue. Uh, yeah, they've got uh, honestly, if you want read some of his uh, watch some of his stuff on YouTube, he's got a lot of things about philosophy. That's what I mean. Is his philosophical as well as communications he's had with authors. It's really fun to listen to him sit down and talk to authors about books they've made some fiction some nonfiction. um but i was watching one of his videos and i've been on the fence about what i what my public stance should be when it comes to the second amendment and you know the people versus the government and all these things like what do we do with that like where where should we have a stance on it and listening to his it made it pretty clear to me i realized that we're all in this position where we either stand for the constitution or we don't there is a line in the sand the line in the sand of the constitution and any law no matter its purpose no matter its intent that detracts from any of our inalienable rights, whether it be the First Amendment, the Second Amendment, excuse me, the Fourth Amendment, you name it. If there's anything that infringes on the individual's rights, then that's something we have to stand against no matter what. That's whether you took a, a you swore an oath to it ever or not. If you want this country to succeed, you have to keep the government out of our personal rights. Absolutely. And so his point, this is his words. These are not my words, but his words were, if it comes to them banning firearms, if it comes to them banning a specific type of firearm and coming to take it from him, his viewpoint is that is somebody enforcing an unconstitutional law which in by and part is not a law. It is not legal. It, ha- it carries no power and they do not have the right to enforce it. Therefore, that is tyranny and you stand up against tyranny. And there actually was a Supreme Court case that they, they stated that any law that is repugnant to the Constitution is unenforceable. Mm-hmm.